Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Today on KWTX at 4, Children's Book Week kicks off this upcoming Monday. More on how Harker Heights Public Library plans to celebrate the week up ahead. And a brand new festival celebrating black creativity, music, and cuisine comes to Houston this weekend. Plus, how a consumer protection agency is trying to remove medical bills from credit reports. KWTX at 4 starts now. And thanks for joining us. I'm Justin Early here with Keisha Lopez and First Alert meteorologist Camille Hawksworth, who has been busy there in the forecast center today. Um, this rain really came down pretty heavy at times. We got a good amount of it so far, right? But you can't say it caught you off guard, no, we right? Knew, we knew it was coming. <laughs> you told us. All of you told us. Yes. yes. I finally did a prayer cloth yesterday. Uh, this is my little old lady shawl right here. This is what I walk great. around with just it's in true. case. Bundled you, get those, up. you got that? Okay, bundled wait, that doesn't up. protect you from the rain, though. It doesn't protect okay. you from the rain, but you know, if the temperature kind of dips a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. You just throw that, that on and mm -hmm. run too. out to the car. <laughs> yeah. that's true, that's and true. the temperatures, they are falling as we go throughout the day. So you're going to want that in yeah. a little bit, too. But as far as the rain goes, Justin, yeah, we've had quite a bit of rainfall across the area. You notice that blue color there. That's all the rain that has fallen since midnight. Some have seen more than others because of those little heavy downpours from time to time. Some spots, not quite as much rainfall just yet, but there are still several hours more rain to come mm. so the rain totals will continue to go up as we go throughout the evening and of course we'll have more on that coming up in just a few minutes okay all right yeah we'll be ready to find out what mm -hmm. we're gonna say we're gonna be ready yeah we're ready yes sir <laughs> yes sir yeah you're gonna be okay let's get to our daily four all right, so this is something you might have seen popped up on maybe a push alert we might have sent you on our app. Potentially hazardous materials are showing up at some government offices, but it's unclear if all of these cases are connected. So here's what's going on. Envelopes and packages containing fentanyl powder are showing up at elections offices in parts of the country in the wake of Tuesday's elections. And these are at locations where ballots are being counted in many cases, particularly mail-in ballots. And they've been located, these packages, at offices in Washington State, several there, mm. as well as in Georgia. Georgia. Now, it's unclear why fentanyl was used. We've heard about anthrax before, those mm -hmm. terrible anthrax attacks, fentanyl in this case. And while ingesting it can certainly cause an overdose, touching it or being near it won't, according to experts. This is the powder form. And no specific targets or motives have been identified at this point other than to uh, kind of send a message in relation to the election. One vague message mm -hmm. said in one of these packages. And here in Texas, the attorney general's office got a package of a powdery substance as well today. The first and wow. second floors of the office building in Austin were evacuated. It's unclear what that substance was, but office employees who came into contact with it were decontaminated on site and then they were taken to the hospital as a precaution um, just to be careful. These, wow. you know, it, it, to me, it just seems like they can't be totally unrelated. I mean, I mean, it's awfully coincidental if that's the case. Yeah, awfully coincidental on the same bit. day. Yeah. We don't know how or if they are at all. We don't know. Oh. But it just seems like what's going on. I think that if you have an election, you know, people have a lot of things to say about that and opinions. Maybe it's coming from that. Maybe there's some 
rumbling somewhere of like collectively doing it? I don't know. No one knows. But in some cases, you see a little bit of buildup online, right? Mm -hmm. These kinds of things are kind of being coordinated. Who knows? They're still investigating FBI and Austin police. Yeah, but so you have to remember, people are involved in this. It's not just, yeah. you know, if I'm going to target the elections office, there are people who work there. Yeah, you know, exactly. Moms, right. dads, your neighbors, you know, sure, folks sure. like that. So just. Volunteers too. Yeah. Just volunteers. People who don't get paid. Yeah, just trying to help out. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not a government office, but it does make you question in your own mail too. Mm -hmm. You know, we, one of the activities we do for our family is to go outside each night and mm -hmm. go check the mail and bring it back in, and it makes you kind of second guess sometimes. Of, ooh, I don't know if I'm going to let my kids touch that mail right away. Again, yeah. I'm not targeted, hopefully, right. or a government entity, but it does, again, second guess those things that you touch that the general public gets to touch. Yeah. You know, you saw, I mean, you and I remember after 9-11, mm -hmm. uh, there were so many protocols put in place everywhere from broadcast networks to yes. government offices uh, to scan the mail more clearly, more efficiently, more um, thoroughly yes. before anybody got a hold of it so no one got sick. I remember Anthrax even was a thing. here recently, mm -hmm. um, definitely not in 9-11, uh, some years later, but here recently, uh, I remember gloves. Like, oh yeah, gloves. Yeah. If you sure. notice, Being if you used. go into yeah. the the closet, the employee closet, mm -hmm. you'll see that there are those latex gloves there that I've noticed um, some of our staff members even using to pick up the mail. It's not makes, a bad idea. Not a bad idea know? at all. It just the sense. germs in general, sense. not That's even it. just bad That's substances. True too. Just germs in general. A lot can be transferred by contact. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Good points. Let's go to number two now on our daily four. All right, this can all happen in a blink of an eye, and oh this boy. one's a little bit on the crazy mm -hmm. side, but awesome, too. So yeah. after receiving the world's first successful whole eye transplant, Aaron James is doing well and looking forward to Thanksgiving with family. The electrical lineman lost his nose, lips, left eye, left cheek, and part of his left arm and went into a coma after an accident involving a line wire. The partial trans face transplant was in order, but a full transplant of the entire eye had never been done before. A surgical team at NYU, um, at Langone, I believe. Langone, Langone where Langone is that Health. one? I'm not sure, probably there in the, in the metro area. Okay, yes, somewhere. okay, one of the, the little suburbs mm -hmm. there. <laughs> they, they're the ones that did the surgery. The procedure in, la in last May lasted about 21 hours and involved the team of more than 140 surgeons. James hasn't regained sight in his left eye, but there is blood flow mm. to his retina, and the doctors are very impressed with his recovery, and then hopefully, you know, he can continue to see improvements with this, but it was deemed a successful transplant. That's great. Wow. I mean, I know we've heard of retinal transplants and cornea transplants, but this being a whole eye, yes. there's a lot that goes on there. I mean, you know, we know that's a very complicated procedure. I can only yes. imagine what that takes to complete successfully. Anything dealing with your vision especially, mm -hmm. but just organ transplant. I'm amazed at organ transplant. Absolutely, it, me it's, too. It's really something, yeah. it really is. I, I don't fully understand how they do mm -hmm. it. It seems yeah. like a little magical to me because, yeah. yeah a little sci-fi. A little sci-fi, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we had those cases of um, people who got exposed to bad eye drops and had to have you know, their eyeballs removed surgically. Yes. This gives a little hope, maybe down the road for them, maybe there's a future where they could have a, a, a you know, a, a donor um, transplant. So yeah. maybe that's an option for them too. That's a scary thought, you know. But yeah, good to see that that has been a success. Hopefully he will continue healing. It's a lot to go through, yeah. That's number three in our daily four.
All right, so earlier today, the 2023 Texas Women's Hall of Fame induction ceremony was held in Austin. 97-year-old Opal Lee, affectionately known as the grandmother of Juneteenth, was inducted into the Hall of Fame for her civic leadership. Lee was born in Marshall, Texas, and then later moved to the Fort Worth area. She's known for leading the charge to make Juneteenth nationally recognized as a federal holiday. Juneteenth, established in 2021, is known to be one of the longest-running African-American holidays dating back to 1866. It commemorates the day on June 19, 1865, when enslaved people in Texas learned that they had been freed. This, of course, was two and a half years after President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. So congratulations to Ms. Opal Lee and uh, the seven other women who were inducted into the Hall of Fame. I do want to note too that I got a chance to interview her for this very mm -hmm. show. She came mm -hmm. through Waco talking about, you know, of course, Juneteenth, the holiday and yes. her crusade mm -hmm. uh, of sorts. Um, so yeah, really, really cool lady. Uh, really cool. She invited lady. me to her house. She did? Oh, that's <laughs> so did. sweet. What a spectacular woman, yes. really. I remember your interview, Keisha. Yeah. Like, oh. was, that was a year ago. Uh -huh. I remember her. She is a beautiful, spunky lady who has just like all of the charisma you want to yeah. have. Oh, yeah. She's very passionate, and I love, I loved listening to her speak then, and can't wait to see her talk more. Yes. She was talking about her legacy from this year interview. I remember this specifically very clearly. And she was talking about her legacy, and she said, You're all my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. No matter where you come from, you're my mm -hmm. grandchildren. And what a sweet sentiment and a beautiful thought. And she's lived that. Yes. So all the, all the kids around her, you saw them all. She's, yes. They're all her grandkids, especially. Which makes, it, which makes sense why she would invite me to her house. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm in Fort Worth all the time. She's like, oh, well, come over. Well, you should go over. <laughs> go over and see what happens. It'll be fun. Big be congratulations to her for Congratulations. Hall of fame. And so yes. deserved. Yes. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's number four in our daily four. Okay, so get a whiff of this um, Absolute Vodka and Kahlua have made a new perfume that smells like an espresso martini. Now the fragrance is called Blend Number 83. Oh. <laughs> and of course it's a nod to the year that the drink was created. Uh, the scent is a mix of dark chocolate, sugarcane rum, um, Arabic, uh, Arabica coffee, Arabica right? coffee, mm -hmm. yes, um, and night musk Whoa. scent. That's Okay. Okay, like I can, my, my brain is reacting yeah. to that right now. <laughs> the companies say that the fragrance, it floods the senses, yes it does, with silky richness. Um, if that's not up your alley, you can maybe snag the perfume for $105. Pre-order, of course, uh, opens on Tuesday online. So maybe, you know, we're approaching the holiday season. Right. If you want to give that mixologist <laughs> a little something something you know yeah. it brings up a great question though and a great topic of conversation which is you know when you're giving get, giving people little stocking stuffers or yeah. giving someone you don't really know that well uh, kind of a stocking stuffer we go to candles a lot or maybe things like this maybe your scents that you spray in your room whatever mm -hmm. but some people just are very sensitive to smells of food mm -hmm. so what what's a food and what's not a food i mean if you think pumpkin is you that smell a me food right now? oh that's a food whatever i smell smells good in it's here apple. so it's apple <laughs> Okay. Oh yeah. I, just so, I can't I think smell. That's a little great. Body <laughs> Whatever works. Whatever works. Like, you know, yeah. do, do you like, you know, food smells on a person or like, and a candle? What do you think? That's a hard one. Not I think it depends. I mean, apple does not sound I mean, bad. It's fine. Apple's like all right. Thing? It was one of those things I needed a little wake me up. So oh, that's good. Yeah, that's I nice. I needed something it's to, yeah. to do that. But no, I don't think I want to walk around smelling like coffee. Or like a muffin. Or yeah. I mean. 
That's or my like natural a pork sandwich anyway. or something. Like, yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> I want to go with something like brisket, just a smoked brisket. I feel just. like the more savory it gets, the kind of grosser it gets. Yeah. It's probably true. But I mean, would, you know, where do you draw the line when it comes to candles? Do you try to get something that's more mild or I don't do you do candles. citrus sensor are okay? What do you I don't know. Do I've given candles before well, now I'm second guessing it. Well, but I'm learning <laughs> now that more people suffer from like allergies. That's true. Yeah. Too. yeah. And then of course, you know, I've got someone in my life who's just all about reading the fine print and mm -hmm. you know soy candles versus all these sure. other candles and you know um, authentic you know flavorings or whatever and then you've Organic got the or yeah, yeah you've got the fake stuff that can you know kill your brain cells or whatever right. I don't know so <laughs> I try to stay away from controversial things that could set people off in some sort of way I've even heard people get migraines from certain types of candles I bet that's true mm -hmm. I bet that's, that's good to know because true. I've given candles as a gift before Wait, that's what we did and now I, yes now it makes me de like definitely mm -hmm. awareness is key right so you, yeah. us talking about that definitely you know I'm second-guessing that and maybe I'll go a different different way this with year. all the asthma that's true and, too. And you know, uh, respiratory issues, you know, I don't know what's going on. It's raining now, right? So mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know, uh, the allergens. Oh yeah, are we subduing kind of clearing that it a out bit? a little bit? Are we yeah. Yeah. washing them away? We are, and then once we get that moisture in the air, the mold will start to go up. So it's oh. kind of a give or take. Yeah, <laughs> well, a brand new festival celebrating Black creativity, music, spirits, and cuisine comes to Houston this weekend. The Honeyland Festival takes over Sugarland this Saturday and Sunday. Take a look. This inaugural festival is starting out with a star-studded lineup representing the best in black creativity from beats to eats to sips. And one of the talented people involved in this project is Nigerian-American food ambassador and author, Chef Kavachi Ukebu. So thank you so much for joining us today ahead of your big weekend. Um, you've got to be excited right about now. How are you feeling? I am thrilled. I'm actually, I'm thank you, thank you, thank you for saying my first and my last name correctly. Kudos. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I want to say that I am like just overexcited because we are going to let text, we're going to let a whole lot of people know that we know how to cook and we know how to have fun and we know how to cheers to just black creativity. And I'm just excited. Cool. Yes. So, okay, just a little bit about you. You grew up in Nigeria and now, you know, a proud Texan. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about your background and how food became your passion? Well, my mom opened up her first restaurant here in Houston, the longest running Nigerian restaurant called Safari. So I was actually, I grew up in food business from learning how to cater to talk to people when it comes to our food culture, as well as promoting it. I have been able to work with a lot of people here in Houston to really spread the narrative of Nigerian cuisine, especially West African. And so, which also led me to do a whole cookbook called The Art of Fufu to really help people know more of how they can be connected to back home. 
So talk a little bit about Nigerian food. Though a lot of people may not be uh, aware of it. Like, what, what does it taste like? Can you describe it to me? So when it comes to Nigerian food, which I will be showcasing at the Honeyland Festival, making jollof rice with my fellow West African, when it comes to Nigerian food, we are all about a lot of a lot of flavors, a little heat, but a lot of love when we cook our food, especially the dish that we're going to be cooking on stage, the jollof wars. It's going to be really fun. So what exactly are you going to be cooking? Because um, when I saw the title of your book, uh, I think the first time I had fufu, I must have been 10, 10 years old. Uh, wasn't quite sure what to do with it at the time. Uh, in fact, um, uh, my mom's friend had to teach us how to eat fufu. At the time, my mom, she cooked uh, stew. And typically, we'd eat cornbread. <laughs> but uh, fufu was brought to the table, and so we did get a chance to experiment with that. But talk a little bit about fufu and about what you're going to cook this weekend. So fufu is a staple West African dish amongst all of the 15 countries. When it comes to Nigeria, Ghana, Liberia, Senegal, we all eat fufu. And that's something that we all can say that we have the same ingredients, but we do love it differently. It's a staple amongst a lot of West African households here in the States and back home. And so we're going to be also selling fufu at the Honeyland Festival, but on stage, we're going to be making jollof rice. So when you come to our booth, Grabito Group, you're going to be able to experience authentic Nigerian food. Did you say jello fries? Yes, jello fries with suya chicken wings, plantain, as well as our peppers and onions garnish stew. And you're gonna be able to sample a goosey soup and okra soup. Oh my gosh. Okay, I can like almost taste it and smell it right now. What is one of your favorite things about, you know, shining a spotlight on Nigerian culture in Texas? Um, I will say this, I, I met one chef who links, actually there have been a couple of them, links what we eat here in the States to what, um, you know, Africans eat at home. And some of the items are very similar. So talk a little bit about that. Well, let's say, for example, okra. Okra is a West African vegetable, and I know here in the States, we use it in a lot of our gumbos. So whenever I wanted to introduce anyone to West African food, I always introduce them to okra soup, which we have it in our cookbook called The Art of Fufu. That's pretty much on the cover is okra soup. And whenever we are whenever I want to teach people about just West African food culture, I always introduce them to basic soups, which is okra and agusi and i know agusi went viral agusi soup is is something that a lot of people want to try due to like TikTok and a lot of people talking about it but also with okra soup i want to say whenever i talk to anyone from the south and i say we do have okra soup as an option they are quick to try wow. and i'm excited about that because oh. we're going to have it at the honeymoon festival Okay, so the festival, it runs this weekend. I know you're gonna be working, but you know, there are a lot of, in addition to the food aspect, there are a lot of musical aspects. Um, of course, oh, yeah. Mary J. Blige, Miguel, Summer Walker, just to name a few. Are you excited to get a chance to either meet or see some of those performers? I am. I mean, Bun B is gonna also be here as well, doing Trill Burgers. And we also have like Chef Keisha and Chef Dombrell, all of my Estonian chefs. And Toby, Toby's also gonna be here as well. So I'm excited, we, we do have a lot of Texans, especially Houstonians that are gonna be on stage. 
and being able to see Mary J. Blige, I actually grew up listening to her. So I'm excited to see her and I'm going to be able to even see Khalees as well. Oh, wow. Okay, so any advice that you can give to people who are, you know, planning to come out there? Because there is a lot going on uh, at, at this festival. Yes. Okay. We all know that Houston has bipolar weather. So just be prepared, be open, and come enjoy Black excellence when it comes to sips, beats, and eats. Okay? You are going to get fed when you come to the Honeyland Festival. Sounds like a plan. All right, I'm going to have to uh, plan my trip down there because <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be through. a great time to be had by all. Yes. <laughs> Chef, thank you so much for uh, just thank taking you. some time out as you prepare for this festival this weekend. Uh, you know, really great to meet you and good luck and have fun. Going to be a great time there. So again, the festival is this weekend at the Crown Festival Park in Sugarland. That's in the Houston area, of course. You can go to HoneylandFestival.com for ticket information for this inaugural event. We'll be right back. So the week before Thanksgiving mm -hmm. is a special one for the Stuart C. Meyer Harker Heights Public Library. Yes, for the last 20 years, the city of Harker Heights has celebrated Children's Book Week with a variety of activities. That's right, from the babies to the elementary age kids, uh, it will be a week full of exciting programs for all ages. And here to talk more about the Children's Book Week is Library Director Lisa Youngblood. Yes. So first of all, thank you so much for coming in today. Absolutely. Such an exciting week. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's always a pleasure having you here. In fact, the last time you were here, you were getting ready for the Eclipse viewing party. You brought some little special viewing glasses yes. and everything. How did that all go? Well, we had a fabulous event. Thanks to our uh, community partners, we were able to um, have a lot of families come out. We were leading up to the event as well as at the event to learn a lot of science yes. and to view this incredible experience yeah. together safely. Yeah. So um, talk a little bit about uh, National Children's Book Week. It, it's changed weeks over the years, but your library has kept it, you know, consistently at the same time. Talk a little bit about that and the week. Yes, the National uh, Children's Book Week has moved a couple of times, but um, in Harker Heights, we really love to stay consistent. Mm -hmm. And we also just love that full week mm. uh, before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a yeah. great time for everyone to start uh, thinking about the holidays. Yes. They're in a really good uh, mood. And so we love to take that moment to really look at children's literature and also have uh, some great ideas for things to uh, get each other for the holidays. Yeah. What is the, the theme this year? I think there's like, do you pick themes each year? And if so, what's the one this year? And, and what's your goal with that? Well, we do pick a theme each year. And this year, our theme is going to be read together, learn together. We want to encourage the entire family to get together. We know that our children are learning and that's a perfect opportunity for us to learn some new things as well. And we certainly want to encourage our parents to read, to play, to sing, mm -hmm. to write, and to talk with each other and just uh, really enjoy that time together. Um, so let's talk specifically about the activities that are going mm -hmm. on. We've got a flyer, of course, we'll show that in just a few moments, but what are the activities that you have planned? We have a lot of activities <laughs> planned. And of course, anytime during the week, you can come into the library and enjoy our um, displays that we're going to have. We're going to have book lists that we're going to have out in the library as well as on our Facebook and on our website. We are also going to have our makerspace open with a write your own book theme. Oh. So 
So oh, yeah, you're going to be great. able to come in, write your own books. Okay. That's going to be open Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. and on Saturday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then we're going to have very special events throughout the week. On Monday, Monday morning is our is our uh, music time. Uh, Tuesday is going to be baby time in the morning. Yeah. Wednesday is going to be a very special performance. We're going to have a sock. Uh, a sock puppet circus. There so they that, are. That should there be exciting. Yes. <laughs> so the sock monkey circus. Yes, okay. yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to have a lot of fun with that. We're going to have story time and toddler time on Thursday morning yeah. and a special family um, uh, children's book week family night on Thursday night. Okay. And if you're not able to come into the library or even if you are able to come to the library and just can't get enough of yeah. great children's mm -hmm. books, I will be on Facebook live on Thursday at six o'clock showing some of my favorite books and talking a little bit more about how you can make your own books with what you already have at your house. Yes. I remember being it. a kid in school we had at my elementary school we wrote a little book every year each oh. one of us of course they were different you know depending on the grade but it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. We talk about that theme of read together learn together. Um, what does that look like at a household? Does, I mean, maybe maybe it's uh, you, you take a book like Great Expectations and you kind of break it down for the kids and give voices. I mean, <laughs> okay. Do, is, do right. we go that far and kind of read a little bit at night, or how how does how do we do that actually in application as a family? Read well, together, learn together. Well, I think that every library is I mean, every library, excuse me, every family is a little different. Yeah. But you <clears throat> could it could be something as simple as reading one book a night, or it could be reading two or three a night, or it could be reading the same book night after night after night so that our children are kind of jumping in. One of my favorite ways to share books to the family is to share graphic novels or comic books and everyone could take a part. It's a little bit like a play with pictures. I love it. And I, I, love I think that. that is a fantastic way yeah. to get together and uh, work a little bit on your reading skills mm -hmm. but also uh, work on those interaction Speaking skills. Speaking skills oh, yeah. as well. Important. Yes. Yes. My mom is a special ed teacher and so that's oh. the way we learn. I think even to this day when I'm teaching others I am speaking in a way that you can see what I'm saying, Absolutely. you can hear what I'm saying, and yeah, it just kind of makes you retain some of that information a lot better. It certainly helps as we especially do question and answering yes. and understand those uh, those cues that you hear that you don't necessarily like you don't even know them it's almost innate mm -hmm. but um, like the way your a voice moves when you're asking a question as opposed to the way a voice moves whenever you're actually answering that question yes. and you inflection inflection, inflection. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you get to you get to have a little fun too dressing up as your favorite characters the staff oh, tell yes. us about that yes That's our staff is extremely excited about Wednesday Wednesday is going to be a day where we're going to dress is our favorite uh, characters from books, mm -hmm. and um, I won't tell you who I am going to be this I, time. I just saw Clifford the Big Red Dog. I don't know. Oh! I don't, I'm not, I'm not giving it. I, that may not be it. That, that just may, not, they, may not be it. You, you just never, never know. know. I don't want to tell anyone ahead okay. of time yeah. because every year we have different, uh, different exciting characters. But it's a, really an opportunity for our entire staff, and I'm talking about from our technical services staff to our adult services staff. Everyone has an opportunity to be involved. Okay, so when you go to the library, you're going to maybe read something, maybe check out something whatever this event the kids mm -hmm. they're they're not going to walk away empty-handed though well not not all the time for okay. sure on the Wednesday morning event the great big uh, sock monkey <laughs> mm -hmm. the sock monkey circus mm -hmm. you're going to get to walk away with a book mm -hmm. uh, from the friends of the library our friends of the library work all year long uh, raising funds and 
most of their funds go towards buying books for kids. Getting the books in the hands of families That's and it. kids is so important. That day, also, um, the programs on Thursday that we'll be having will be another another opportunity to get books in the hands. Do you of sign kids. up or you just go ahead and go? Do you, do you, you do not have to sign up. You absolutely can just okay. come. I would say that for those special events mm -hmm. like story time, music time, space. I would space is limited, mm -hmm. so I would uh, come a little early. But yeah. we we feel very confident yeah. that we can have yeah. a great big crowd, and we would also like to invite uh, caregivers. Uh, we have a tremendously wonderful caregiver yeah. caregiver uh, community, and we would love to invite them to bring their kids, especially to that sock, to the sock puppet day. We think that'd be perfect for them. All right. Well, again, you can scan that QR code we had there on the screen a moment ago for all that information. Thank you so much for coming to tell us about it today. We appreciate having you on. It's always a good time. And coming up on KWTX at four, we show you ways you can give your home a little bit of a uplift in today's episode of Personal Space. Welcome back. Okay, Justin, I don't know about mm -hmm. you, but yes. when I am not working. Um, I'm spending my time, you know, at home enjoying myself. So I try to make a place, you know, that's cozy. Yeah, for sure. Right. I love that feeling. Um, but, you know, I'm also not too sure when it comes when it was uh, coming to last minute changes. I, yeah. I, I'm a creature of habit. Right. So but sometimes a freshen up is nice, yeah. right? An uplift, as they call them. In today's episode of Personal Space, Chris Proctor Hurst, our designer, explains what you can do to give your home not a full of a little makeover, but a little uplift. Uplift, okay. Yeah. Welcome back to Personal Space. I'm Justin Early with Christy Proctor-Hurst, and guess what? We're in a new house. Yes. New house, new design. And last one we were in, we talked about some moving of walls and shoulder reconfiguration. Mm -hmm. This home, you took a different strategy. This is about refacing, kind of like resurfacing the face, a makeover, if you will. Uplift. An uplift, that's yeah. what it's called, an uplift, perfect. Yeah. So we're gonna get into what you've done in this room. Brief details though, before we go, what was this room like before you started working in it? Well, this is a beautiful traditional home. Mm -hmm. This is not anything that anybody would have walked in and said, oh, that looks bad. It looked great, but it had not been changed in a lot of years. And so basically it's been more about just the paint or the fabrics, mm. just surface things. So we're in the one of the living rooms, mm -hmm. beautiful living room here um, for receiving guests, a very nice formal living room. And what did it look like before? So basically it was the same room, same rug, same sofas, but everything was all the old blues, burgundies, you know, just the very traditional stuff from 20 years ago. And her sofa and chair and things were in great shape. The fabric still looks amazing. The blue color is still in her house. So basically all we did was recover a couple of wing backs and add new pillows. And it's always some beautiful small details that make things a huge difference, make a huge difference when I see your beautiful design. So let's go ahead and look at each of these pieces and take a look. Okay, so this fabric here is a wonderful chenille. It's in great shape. I mean, I don't know that anybody ever really sits on this. All the blues are in a rug. They're all over the house. So it didn't make sense to spend the money to change that. They still have a traditional style. They're just adding some more updated pops. And so what we did is we just picked out some really fun fabrics. We got inspiration from the yellow accents in the rest of her house. She's got a painting that we took some inspiration off of. And then I pulled a bunch of fabrics for her. And then we made all of these fun pillows. And I'm, you know me well enough to know now, I'm about texture yes, too. Yes, completely. And so we've got velvet, we've got 
uh, and iCat. We've got all a little modern pattern and everything, again, feels good. It feels good. It's squishy and you can uh, hug it. It's, and it's inviting. Yeah, it is very much inviting for sure. Okay, let's look at these beautiful chairs now you've redone. And again, like you were saying earlier, the texture, you can really feel some beautiful texture here. Wingback chairs. Mm -hmm. Yes. Tell us what you did with these. So these were, again, very traditional, a pattern that matched the rug. Um, wanted to pull in the yellow that we already have in the rest of the house. And one of her favorite paintings has these aspen trees on it. And we found this fabric and we were like, oh, that's perfect. So it like pulled everything in. So we did just a little bit of it on the back and then a solid kind of a tweed on the front. And then we popped the velvet in the cushion. So we've got everything tying together. So wing back chairs, emphasis on the back a little bit with these mm -hmm. two, we get a little extra surprise in the back side of that. Yeah, and they, they freestand in the room. So you really get a dramatic effect when you walk around. Right, you definitely can do that from different points of the house and you see all the things you've done. And you really, from this perspective, you see the back as well as that picture right there across the wall and it all makes sense. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. All right, so after looking at all this furniture, we had to sit down and just test out this very comfy couch and all the beautiful textures that we have here. Um, and you were talking about the fact that this furniture was really solid and there's absolutely nothing wrong. In fact, it's a great thing to take what you've got with good bones and keep it, right? Right, and so what you have to do is you have to balance the cost. And so a lot of furniture nowadays is not made as good as it used to be. I think the, the U.S. manufacturers are getting back to that if you can order locally. Mm -hmm. But these pieces were such good pieces. The bones were so good, it was not worth purchasing new. Mm -hmm. it, it was a much better value to, to repurpose. Save a little money and get a, what'd you call it earlier? Freshen up? Oh, a freshen up, yes. Freshen up. <laughs> An updo. An updo. An <laughs> uplift. An, An uplift. uplift, facelift, yeah. That's what it's all about. We'll see you next time. All of it works. Bye. <laughs> this has been a Rogue Media Network production.